This ripple won't fade. It'll grow and grow until it's a tidal wave. Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. What in Knievel happened to you? The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 320, Emancipation, is brought to you by the good people at No Man's Land Gin Joint. When you're drowning your sorrows about an old man, and his dead lady friend, it's the only place to go. When we catch you up on what went down, our teaser here, Matt, TV announcer Sokovia Accords controversy. No sign of Steven Rogers after his public feud with Tony Stark. Wait, what? Pete, that's the movie that we saw last weekend and then promptly podcasted because you know what? You good people, you're worth it. Whoa, 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 wait. Matt, are you saying that the very self-same weekend that a piece of content comes out that people expect to be able to go on the iTunes or fantasticgeek.com and listen to something about it? Yes. Not just expect, it's what they deserve. I think your level of expectations is just a little too high. Anyhow, Pete, the news lady, she does a, a recap of that movie. There's Colson and May in the bar. They're talking about how this has been coming for a while. They see the, the sad article there of Agent Carter dead at 95. Pete only twisting the anticipated knife, which will be probably friday or monday the announcement of that that show going off into the sunset matt do you want to know right now pete i think that i think that anybody who knows how the tv business works knows that either reed hastings is going to fly in on his uh netflix unicorn and save peggy carter or this past weekend we saw the end of peggy carter well i will withhold then Ooh. Anyhow, there's there, there, there's a nice moment if indeed this is the last the last hurrah for the character on TV. There is a nice moment here where it's it's mentioned that Cap and Peggy Carter were there at the beginning of of SSR of the of of Shield, and uh, they were his heroes, Matt. And I think uh, certainly Cap remains Coulson's hero, his inspiration, his uh, his cosplay model with the uh, the shield there. But uh, the discussion that he has with May, she reveals that they knew this it could happen at some point, and, and now that it has, and uh, that she needs to go out the back because he's coming, Matt. He? He. It's Talbot. There's some great uh, witty repartee about uh, Talbot talking and Coulson listening. He also notes that the Sokovia Accords are the law of the land. And Coulson uh, likely has undocumented enhanced individuals in his employ. Time to kind of cough them up. Time to time to get in line with uh, with the law. Which Pete, it's easy enough for us to take the side of Cap and take the side of Coulson, since you know it was a Captain America movie. Whoa, and whoa. Coulson... Says, says the the Stark lackey on the podcast. But anyway, go go ahead. Well, and when I finish the thought, I'll be able to finish the thought. Thank you. The the it's easy enough for us to get on their side, but I like the potency of of what Civil War gave us, which is this is a, an overwhelming international message to to enhanced individuals to to get in some sort of get in some sort of um shape that that outlines the rest of the world you know we we have international laws and we have national laws and and when we all play by them most of the time people do do okay and and it's up to them to to be be part of that map particularly when they act uh outside of the map so i 
I like how it's having this effect here. Listen, as discussed on uh, this weekend's podcast of Captain America Civil War, uh, which you can go back and listen to, the goal of the Russo brothers was to make a movie that you could walk out of and continue the debate, Captain America or Iron Man, who was right. And they both lost to Zemo. And what he has accomplished here in fracturing the Avengers and now creating a situation where there's even more uncertainty than existed prior to the uh, adoption of the Sokovia Accords. So it's no wonder that the show is going to show its hands here, that we're going to pursue the registration of Inhumans. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about Talbot's reach for, uh, Daisy Johnson as a nuclear weapon, uh, which I think bears, uh, examination, but the whole idea of where we are in the overarching narrative of this universe is uncharted territory. And and Coulson is willing to keep things uncharted. He's given this offer to re-legitimize Shield, and and uh, Talbot even says it's time for Shield to come in from the cold. But Coulson isn't inclined to to play ball, which I thought was an interesting moment. Um, I don't know at what point you start setting up season four. Uh, I maybe it's here. Maybe it's with you know Shield coming home in season four. Um, not to look too far down the line, but if you have, you know, the likely scenario of season four being the last one for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it would be nice to end the show where it started with, with S.H.I.E.L.D. being this acknowledged and admired, uh, uh, agency. Further prediction from hashtag spoiler Matt, uh, I would bet that whenever the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series finale is, you have uh, you have uh, Chris Evans guest star as uh, Steve Rogers in it. Uh, hashtag spoiler, Matt. Not a real person, but I digress. Uh, Talbot goes into the idea that the Sokovia Accords are good enough for the Avengers, but Coulson rightly points out they operate in the spotlight. We operate in the shadows. Different types of rules. Get ready for a ride here. No blindfold. Buckle up and the booth elevator goes down pete we get the title card and then in the first act daisy is giving blood and she's hacked her way into shield because she can uh she's watching lincoln in the containment room but her view doesn't last long hive who kind of appears mid-scene as i suppose he's wants to do um he notes that fitz has kicked her out again and uh they keep finding hive and uh and his crew she likes the bad boys, Matt. Um, Lincoln, Ward, Hive, all a theme here, all a motif. And um, Fitz is getting better at blocking her out and her hacking skills. But uh, she explains that there is a history between her and Lincoln um, that – the friends being persistent as they are, keep uh, keep finding them. It's wasting time. If it happens again, Matt, there will be no absolution. I just want to point out, by the way, just to totally be fair here, here's how bad a bad boy Lincoln Campbell is. He's uh, he's a doctor, and uh, he. He had that means he's you know an MD. Right. He uh, is is really earnestly trying to improve himself, particularly his his greatest flaw, that of his uh, his temper. And, Would you um, not say that his um, ability to come back from a disease like alcoholism um, factors in there? Well, I, I was going to say that too. He's he he's an MD. He's working to improve his temper. He's a recovering alcoholic, which means that he has, has to my mind anyway, he's turned the corner on that addiction. Uh, so, you know, he, he, he also constantly has about three days worth of beard scrub. So <laughs> to review, he's, he's 31, handsome, a doctor, looking to improve himself, and has, has 
for for as, as much as we can tell and for as much as one can be sure, he has he has conquered his his alcohol addiction or at least manages it, you know. I'm not trying to underplay the long-term effects of alcoholism for the sake of a joke, mind you. I'm just saying this guy's such a bad boy. He's a doctor. He doesn't drink anymore. He's trying to to not lose his temper and he's incredibly handsome. Well, I think it oh, the bad boys. It, it sets up this twist later in the episode, obviously coming from the other side to the the appearance of bad boyism as opposed to the actual bad boyatry. But uh, Dr. Radcliffe interrupts this uh, philosophical powwow to uh, check on the patient there. He doesn't want to kill his golden goose. She needs her rest. Uh, he says, we'll rest when we're dead. Oh, wait, not you. That's just a phrase. Uh, but they're ready, Matt, for the alpha test. <laughs> it maybe took them an episode or so. To, to, I suspect, get footage of John Hanna and then realize how to write for it, right? How to, how to write John Hanna's Dr. Radcliffe as opposed to Dr. Radcliffe. Man, mid-50s, steely uh, flip side to Clark Gregg. Um, his, his, just the little things he does here, they're so funny. There's this great moment where, you know, she has the post-blood-giving... Uh, uh, blood you know, juice, and he mixes up what's in his hands. Oh, he gives her her blood. Oops, he means the juice. No, no, yeah, he means the juice. Then Pete, ready for alpha test alpha. He liked the juice. Uh, he's all set. He just needs some of those volunteers, Pete, and Hive actually knows a few people who are uh, who are eager beavers. Well, it's not so much that they're eager beavers there, Matt. Uh, Dr. Radcliffe was confident last time, and of course we know how that went. Um, needing these volunteers, he's, he's recruiting right now. He's, he's making a gift for Daisy. We head across the way there to uh, May and Lincoln, who uh, she reminds needs his rest um, and uh, – tells him that Talbot is there, that he needs to, to eat his immunity, uh, his immune system being compromised since uh, rashly attempting the, uh, the Hive vaccine previously. Wait a minute, Pete. That's a bit of foreshadowing that's so innocuous. Or maybe it's not foreshadowing. It, it, it's more Chekhov's gun, but it's so low level that it doesn't come off as setting up something later on. Bravo show. You've uh, Chekhov's gun proofed your your script this time. Chekhov's food tray. Chekhov's food tray there in plain sight. Ah, oh, what mystery! What mystery! <laughs> um, Simmons explains uh, to Fitz that uh, Lincoln's lucky we feed him at all. Just just a little uh, in inhuman uh, inhumanism happening right there. Uh, oh, and by the way. Uh, we destroyed all of the hive work, but uh, Fitz refers to what Daisy is doing to their defenses as whack-a-mole in his, uh, it's not a Scottish brogue. What, oh, it is. It is, he is. is for Scotland as well as Ireland? Uh, I, I believe so. I, I don't know. I'm uncomfortable making that blanket statement, Matt. If it's not Scottish, brogue. it's crap. Here's Ireland. Here's Scotland. Here's the bloody English Channel. Um, Pete, listeners. as as one should open every as, as one should open every essay, I will open my response now. According to the freedictionary.com slash brogue, brogue is a strong dialectical accent, especially a strong Irish or Scottish accent when speaking English. Well, you know what? So there like you go. The, like the lovely um Gemma Simmons here. I I didn't want to make a blanket statement over a group of people. Uh, it's it, it the show is increasingly showing some of those perspectives too. I mean, you're you're right to call out Simmons as being rather anti-inhumanist. Um, I mean, the notion of not 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 feeding this guy is is it's an innocuous comment and coming from perhaps our most darling character it 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 could race on by but i mean it's rather 
it's rather savage to suggest let's not let's not feed the prisoner. I mean, that's that's real. Said in jest, nay, even frustration. Okay, we understand the context, but it's that old. You know, there's a kernel of truth in a statement like that. Um, they talk about how uh, Mac was uh, obviously hurt at the hands of Daisy here, now lumping in another inhuman. Um, and uh, May comes to them and explains that they need to stop thinking about Daisy that uh, instead we need to go on the offensive and not the defensive. Again, that's story work for later on in the episode. They need to know end game. With that, Talbot arrives. I mean, I guess he's he's been in the process of arriving. But anyhow, he, he formally arrives and uh, Coulson introduces him to Elena and a really, really fun moment when she puts her powers on display by taking his medals off in the blink of an eye. Um, you know, it's 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 a simple idea. It's simply executed, but uh, it certainly does work. Let's back up a little here with Coulson's explanation of this old SSR base, Matt. And when you finally bring the guy who's been looking for this base forever to it, I think we can start the clock now officially. Which clock is that? That is the clock on this. It will not be a base much longer. Uh, uh, Colson explains it is their biggest secret, which we know that to not be the case because he reveals there's a series of reveals here. Uh, things Talbot does not know. Tight ship that Colson runs and all here. Um, but he explains Colson does it. Some battles, Matt, need to be fought with secret warriors. He said. He said the thing. He said the, he said thing. the thing again. Uh, Yo-Yo explains uh, that she watches the news here. She's aware of the Sokovia Accords and the registration uh, and, and everything going on well, there. Uh, it being a piece of international legislation, which I'll, I'll take civil war to the slightest of tasks. But apparently none of the enhanced people that it would affect knew that 108 nations or whatever had come together and individually approved this. And then, you know, whatever the international you're, you're process a is countries off, you're, you're nine countries off there. That would be 117. 108's close to my heart. What can I say? There you go. Um, but, but I mean, look, it's a little bit of let's, let's flap out the, 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 the comforter of the story here to make sure there are no wrinkles but yeah of course she knows about it like everybody's country approved it in some sort of you know either either their legislatures or however the climate thing was passed exactly i'm still not entirely clear not that i'm against it but certainly you should know that this was a thing how long until we have a list of which countries abstained well i think that um some of those countries you can't uh, you can't pronounce or you, you can't say in the uh, MCU. I'm thinking of uh, Doctor Doom's Latveria. Uh, country, Latveria. The, undoubtedly, they did not vote against it. Um, then you get the old standards. You know your North Koreas, um, your Albanias, um, your Cleveland. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, how long? I, that's that's a good question, Pete. And you know how long till that becomes a, a story bullet? But uh, you know, Yo-Yo says in Spanish here that uh, these people are naive. Hey, Matt, what are her powers? Because it's been a couple episodes. I've forgotten. Well, Pete, this is a great example. I mean, this is a this is a tremendously well written episode. And Agreed. this is a great example of the audience. Some people in the audience may need that reminder. However, more importantly, Talbot needs a reminder in that he has never learned it. So you get to achieve everything. Oh, people haven't watched in a while or people don't remember. Which lady is this again? I, you get to serve all story masters with this with this quick little display of uh, demetaling him. Oh, man, Pete, if that's not filled with metaphor, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so she's really fast. And as Coulson additionally points out, she can fend for herself. Uh, but if you force her to, uh, to register 
that's going to be the problem. And uh, to his defense and to the legislation's defense and to the system's defense, Talbot explains it's a protected list. It's classified. Um, but uh, Colson rightly points out no good has ever come of lists. And I, I think we, we kind of have most of human history to back that up. Speaking of lists, Matt, who's who's making a list and checking it twice over a training montage? Well, before we get to that, I just want to say, Pete, I have in front of me a list. It is a list of our podcast plans for May, June, July, August, and September. So that's at least a good list, given that part of it, just like Talbot's list, is secret. However, little clues are being left here and there for, for the most... Uh, the most uh, able-bodied of listeners, but I digress. Back to the watchdog training montage. It's got all the charm of your terrorist groups, but it's in the good old U.S. of A. So, Pete, we know that they're just great guys there. Led by Beardy 1 and Beardy 2, real men don't shave. Um, cute little and masks, they have a friend too, that look like rabid kangaroos. That's how you reuse the um, stuntmen. It looks like poor lash cosplay. Yeah, yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not great. Um, but then they are probably rough hewn in in a home smeltery. <laughs> Pete, it's times like this I realize I'm not as manly as I'd probably like to be. But... Smeltery. <laughs> I, 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 Pete, I just assume that 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 in other parts of the country, there's, I don't know, men men go to go to the uh, the garage and fire up the smelter and and make metal things. Some do. Oh, fair enough. They have, however, a new informant in the ATCU, and uh, the world thinks inhumans are a disease, and they are the only cure. Matt, these guys sound like Simmons. Ooh, ooh, harsh. Not unfair, but harsh indeed. Back to Lincoln's room. I guess you could say, Pete, since he's sleeping in there now, you could say it's the Lincoln's bedroom. Um, that's See, for, for our audience abroad, that's a reference to a special bedroom in the White House where the president of the USA lives, USA. Anyhow, in the Lincoln's bedroom, he's whispering to Daisy, I know you're listening. I can, I would like to hear you. Can you hear me? And then she sends him a text message on the telly to say that she's listening to take us to the exciting act break. Act two here starts the very same way. Lincoln is speaking to Daisy. Daisy lets him know that uh, he can move now. There is a uh, loop of him sleeping, which will uh, be good fodder for later in the episode. Um, she is fine. She's just feeling a little drained. <laughs> I get it because she's literally draining her blood. Yes. Uh, why, why are you locked up? Why don't you exposition me right now? Uh, they don't trust him. Uh, the only reason he ever stayed at S.H.I.E.L.D. was because of her. Um, does she sound brainwashed, Matt? Of course she doesn't. Um, they, they want him, not, uh, not the bigger powers here, um, that it should be no hive, no shield, just us. I don't know if that's possible though, is the question, but company's coming. Just want to point out the slightest bit of camera trickery baloney here when daisy first uh, starts to facetime lincoln she's looking she's looking to the side of the camera in the old star trek the next generation way which would simulate a 3d screen on both sides and neither of the screens that they have are actually 3d so she should just be looking straight into the camera on her computer and he would be looking straight at his screen and wherever the hidden camera is there. And uh, they're getting maybe a little ahead of themselves with, with thinking through this camera work here. Tisk. But I... Tisk. Indeed. Col I digress 
Talbot and Colson, knock knock, who's there? They're there. Yes, the the hothead who tried to kill my inhuman bodyguard, the absorbing man, uh, Carl Creel, uh, you know, alluded to, not name checked, certainly. But uh, what's he doing here? Uh, Lincoln wants to know. He thought that this room was a germ-free zone. Talbot's a germ. Yeah. Um, Mac, meanwhile, uh, runs into uh, Elena Yo-Yo, who he is not happy to see. Um, By the way, Pete, you know where they are talking. They're in Shield HQ KTCHN. You're going to have to break that one down there. KTCHN, it's the kitchen. Yeah, KT. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's uh, everything that's going on here. Uh, Daisy being, uh, you know, left out in the cold, leaving as she has. didn't didn't want this to happen uh to to somebody else that uh mac is concerned that uh yo-yo's ability to be infected by hive still something that's uh possible um instead he's gonna fight here and uh she explains that in colombia they have a saying and then she says it in spanish which I found it interesting. Here's a guy who struggled with his Spanish, but we know has been boning up on his Spanish. Uh, translates that evil preys on the weak because it fears the strong. So where are those weak who think they are strong, Matt? They are in a van chasing a hooded inhuman. Before we go to them, I just want to point out that in this uh, kitchen scene, Mac also foretells Armageddon, end of days, real wrath of God stuff, 40 days of of darkness, dogs and cats living together. It seems like it's going to be quite the two-hour finale. Yeah, um, the subject of faith, which which comes back around in the episode again, um, and Elena explaining that's how evil wins when good people start to doubt instead of fighting, of course. But uh, watchdogs chasing as they are here, well, they're they're going to wait a little bit until they, they spring their trap. Uh, Talbot is uh, mentioning the control issues he's seen with Lincoln in the field. Uh, Lincoln turns this around, however, and he says that he will register if it means his freedom. He also says that he could fry the mustache off of uh, Talbot's face, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the, the, you know what, Pete, there's a joke to be made that I'll just, I'll just leave unsaid. Let's just say I think there's some, uh, there's some, some lady folk in the Washington, D.C. area that would be a little disappointed. I thought this was an interesting moment in the story as well, because clearly Lincoln wants to leave. And it's like the show gives him these tools to say, fine, take me out of here. And Colson's saying, no, no, he's here for his protection, medical observation. It, it, it seems like it's, um, it seems like it's scant evidence given to Talbot that, that Lincoln should stay there. Um, and I'm kind of not sure why the show took us to a place where Talbot could have said, this man isn't sick. He's coming with me. We can take him to, you know, to Walter Reed, which, probably and unfortunately would be a downgrade in service but i digress um i don't know why the show kind of gave everybody all this stuff to take lincoln out of there and then didn't take lincoln out of there it's for the story matt it's all about the story and um you know that that he'd never be able to make it off the base that uh in the context of the tour here, he's uh, Colson has shown Talbot the uh, the good and the bad. Now he wants to see the ugly. And it's Lash. I get it. Because he's not pleasing to our eyes, so we will call him ugly. Paging Rod Serling. Right. And uh, May being outside the, the containment chamber there, you, you knew... That's where it could go. 
you know, what the hell here? You're you're keeping monsters. Well, no, this is this was Dr. Garner. Talbot is adamant that he should uh, be in a frozen gel matrix cube. What other secrets are you keeping? And it's all while that's going on that Daisy and Lincoln continue their communication here. Um, meanwhile, they cut, cross cut here and Talbot asks, well, what, what's up with Daisy Johnson? Where is she for which may covers here? Oh, oh, she's on assignment, but Talbot not letting that, uh, he of course knows through surveillance, they've seen pictures of a dead man in Grant Ward strolling down a town romantically with uh, Daisy Johnson. So he's on top of all of this. Indeed, though on top of it, he wanted to see if Colson would lie and uh, what's at stake the world as we know it, which uh, ends up being surprisingly true. I thought it was hyperbole, but they, they end up delivering on that by the end of the episode. With that, the story cuts to the watchdogs on the prowl. Then they're gunning it after a, a hooded man on the run. Wait a minute, Pete, that's James. He's lured them into the dark alley, which he says is dark. It's actually not that dark, but I understand his, his use of figurative language here. He's ready to rain literal fire on the, on the pups. Oh, Hive is there too. He's taking guns, taking names, and ready to make some inhumans to end the act. Well, he's got a, a chain now. Uh, James does the James chain and uh, you know, lighting it up with fire as he can here. Uh, they tell him it's the end of the line in human nowhere left to run, which of course means there's somewhere left to run. He supposes there's always hell and lights his whip up there so he can ghost ride the whip. Uh, obvious similarities to the, not incorporated in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but still dangling out there right now because of rights issues, Ghost Rider. Um, and also look up what Ghost Riding the Whip is. Actually a real thing. Don't do it. Um, trademark Fantastic Geek 2016. Not an endorsement. Uh, Hive there says that uh, he's the one who invited them and uh, that he wants them to become what they hate. Act break. Pete, back from the act break, Talbot has a hard time believing that Ward is the devil! The devil! There's some recap as to how Hive was worshipped by Hydra, how he gives uh, oomph to the pleasure centers of Inhumans. This is, Talbot says, why the Sokovia Accords are so important to rein in these people. Pete, these people! I heard you just pounding your copy of the Sokovia Accords, you stark lackey. Uh Pete, I have I have a full size copy and then I have a a, a smaller one. Yeah, you know, like that quite, constitution quite one that people carry around. Yeah, I I I've keep seen it, it in my I, Pete. I keep it in my breast pocket. Yeah, it was in the so theater. It's near my, it's near my heart. It, okay. Yeah. You got popcorn grease on it. Uh, Fitz refers to uh, Hive here as as a demon, having had firsthand experience with him. But Colson stresses there's no exorcism necessary simmons points out here that he's a he's a parasite all the stuff about those pleasure centers etc etc from somebody who's uh stimulating or having hers stimulated at this point in time wow well so, you, you're, you're come on they're they're making the huggy time you you are calling out all sorts of hypocrisy from our from our tender dainty lovely english rose listen love, and love this her, is just upending my world love her hate that this vein of inhumanism that that springs from within her uh, I, I i i can't defend her unfortunately i mean what what uh, ex? not is that she, she say that they defending. can't have that they can't marry wow i mean uh, Joking aside, that's it's, not a joke. I mean, is, it, is right. it that meta that you know? Listen, we have an episode in which uh, two inhumans use their blood to create what one of them refers to as their children. At what point does the breeding of inhumans 
we don't know the biology of it. Can you make, can two inhumans make a new inhuman be another way to further, we can't say the M word, to change the species? Well, we can't say the M word until two weeks from now when X-Men Apocalypse is an abject failure monetarily and then the rights revert circa <laughs> like 18, 19, 20. Right. <laughs> well, uh, well uh, it may be a critical failure. It may not do great at the box office. The X-Men franchise does really, really well when, when all the money is counted and all the international eyeballs have seen it and U.S. eyeballs and all that. So I would I would not portend the X-Men coming home anytime soon because um, they're doing they're doing all right by themselves. But Pete, that's that's Marvel phase six. We're not there yet. Um Anyhow, back to Fitzsimmons. They say that Hive may have an endgame Cree blood to make him humans. To Talbot, it sounds crazy, but you know what? He really could do it, which makes it an interesting scene because we kind of know he could do it already. Talbot here, Matt, as I mentioned earlier, he calls Daisy a nuclear weapon, which I have a little bit of a hard time with that characterization this episode is so heavily influenced by the events of Captain America Civil War. The Sokovia Accords are higher level uh, Avengers with these tremendous powers. You take a Wanda Maximoff with, you know, the, the powers that she had. Somebody asked me today, Matt, what are Vision's powers? And my response was whatever the writer wants them to be because that's what I understand them to be right now as far as uh, okay he can he can pass into the body of giant man um, he can shoot lasers he can fly he can make a cape he can make a, a sweater with a with a cool collar um, he can make Eastern European dishes with paprika he can't he can't. He can't, I thought he was successful no. with the what was it paprikoff? It was something with paprika. No, she the said word. this. This is not paprika. She she was going to get something else that led to their conflict, that breakdown at the end of that scene. Matt, uh, that's that's the arc. I think he can do things like set a timer. You can go, hey, Vision, set a timer. <laughs> He'll go. Boop, boop. Yes, he is. Okay, the, Matt, twenty minutes. He is the male Alexa. <laughs> okay. Um, but suffice to say, he's the nuclear weapon. Wanda is the nuclear weapon. Is Daisy, is Quake a nuclear weapon? Well, she's a seismic one. Can she tear apart the continental United States? Can, can, she, can she Superman one this bad boy and create, uh, you know, Lexovia? Uh, maybe. Pete, I'm reminded of what feels like forever ago, but actually was merely last season when she was at Afterlife and first kind of testing out her powers. Um, it was like focus all the way in that mountain over there. And she could, you know, shake the earth or right. knock the snow off the mountain, something like that, which at the time I was like, wow, they're committing to a degree of power that you can't use each week and you can't, you know, like it, it becomes your your Superman and kryptonite problem. Oh, wow. She can look, here comes the, the bad guy Hydra elevator thing to get people. Boom, knock it out of the sky at the end. Um, so I would say that, I mean, her ability to hit things from really, really, really far away with potentially tons of power. I think that's closer to a nuclear weapon than what we see her showing most of the time. My, my issue though is in terms of magnitude and, you know, Coulson draws a distinction pop, pop. that, okay, Avengers operate in the spotlight. We operate in the shadows, but I, I think it creates a, a fundamental disconnect and a, and a problem within that categorization. So, okay, he's going to call her a nuclear weapon here. We're going to take that at, at face value. Um, at the same time, she used her powers. And what did she do? She shook up the base. 
True, although I think that was more um, um, uh, diversionary than a, than a true, a true, you know, show of her powers. I mean, it's it, it's a it's a discussion to have, which we clearly just have. Um, but the the Cree blood here, the, he may have everything, as Simmons explains, hive might to create what he needs to. Uh, Coulson and Daisy have it, you know, just a reminder of who has it running through their veins again. Um, to take it from her would kill her. And uh, the idea would, would he sacrifice her? And we flip across to Dr. Radcliffe, who is confronted with volunteers, question mark. But uh, James says they are about to join the evolution here. James, you know, who's, who's got his, uh, his Tucker. Indeed, as was confirmed by a listener, they're called, uh, didgeridoo Tuckers. And, uh, it's a hundred percent legit. The things that we're saying not to be confused with a bungalow. <laughs> There's reference here, by the way, Dr. Radcliffe is 100% fairly certain that this is going to work as he puts them in a storage container to be gassed. Yeah. And, uh, they had released this scene that had been floating around online, uh, for several days here, um, that, uh, every, uh, every human hive explains deserves to be, uh, released from their prison and the emancipation here is going to be a gift to Daisy. The cargo tube gets flooded with the gas. There are screams now we just have to wait. Indeed. Hive then gets a hacking update from Daisy and asks her to rest because they may need more blood. Uh, she then gets back on the horn with uh, Lincoln, who has him open the panel that's behind the wall because, you know, the panel's always been there. We just never needed to, like, see it before because, of course, there's a touch, a pressure-sensitive panel to get to the um, door opening laser mechanism that's easily accessed from inside this containment room because story. He takes the bits and bobs from the room. There's the piece of mirror. There's the plastic thingy from the tape. Uh, there's the, the, the tray used shortly. And it's kind of a neat little spy scene. It's a little too kind of specific for me if, <laughs> if if specificity can be a problem i don't need to see how you hack out of a shield containment room with macgyver type stuff it's more personally more mcgruber than macgyver hmm. um you know talbot meanwhile is is freaking out here he doesn't want to be told to calm down wants to know how colson is so calm um three minutes here which which by the way pete is a hint and we've done enough of these shows to, to, to be able to catch uh, a Chekhov's gun 99 times out of 100. But I just kind of read this as, oh, it's a great little character moment. Of course, Coulson is calm because he's Coulson and he gets to be one way and Talbot's the other. Conflict. Drama. Ta-da. It's Hollywood, <laughs> kids. As opposed to, no, it is advancing the story without blowing it. Yeah. And... Uh nicely tucked in here as that goes the three minute time frame uh thrown out there what's the tray for well that of course is for you to get messages from may and to strike the guard who's about to open the door uh talbot is looking for options though and his u.s military matt has one a preemptive strike yeah america but colson explains the amount of red tape they would need to yeah. cut through would probably draw the need for a preemptive strike to the preemptive strike, a pre preemptive strike, which would rid the U S government of all that $400 a roll red tape. Pete, I hate it when a civilian led military has red tape to make decisions about attacking hostile forces in our own country who have taken over a town like we should just be able to go in there guns a blazing and 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 do the bad things without any sort of oversight or or pre-planning hashtag team colson wow that also sounds like the uh upcoming cleveland republican national convention 
<laughs> I, or at least I mean, Joker, some aside, people's hopes for it. <laughs> I, I, joking aside, I do just want to l- l- let me let me restate that a bit more seriously. Colson here is arguing for the hurry up and act military solution, not the slow down and think it through military solution. Oh my goodness, is that where we're at? Where the hero of the show is just saying, trust me, I can lead us into battle anywhere, anytime. My judgment is the good judgment. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with that as a policy. How about that? You're also real or imagined. You're also talking about a guy who at one point instructed his agents to trust the system. So clearly his trust within hierarchies and structures has been shaken. Uh, Lincoln is, uh, is heading down the hallway there and uh, Daisy instructs him to wait up that may is heading towards what my notes reflect as the red light intersection distract. <laughs> Indeed. Blink, blink. Hmm. What's that? Look, there's one behind me. Let me turn. Now, to be fair, if May is, is uh, caught up in all of this, it's, it's in part because she's looking for something to catch her up from the daisy front so it's all kind of you know she's in on it even though we're not and uh, it's a fun bit o story back to talbot we go and references made to uh that thing taken from the uh the atcu he won't say what it is he's holding off for like i don't know the end of the episode um but turns out daisy is truly back in the system for lincoln wait reveal lincoln is gone back we go to hive uh, things are ready, or are they? Uh, they they open the shipping container there. They're all hideous beasts, Pete. James says that they're overcooked. They look it. They're just hideous, hairless monsters to end the act. Act four, and Talbot wants to know, how can he trust S.H.I.E.L.D. if they can't keep their own in check? Um, Fitz explains that uh, stopping Lincoln here was obviously a uh, a thing they they could be up to, but uh, you know Simmons and and Mac even wants to jump in as an extra hand. They're gonna reboot the servers because you know turn it on, turn it off. That always fix everything. <laughs> yeah, it did strike me like there sh- since they're a super secret base, there should be both a an electronic means and a physical means to sever them from the outside world like there should be a room where you go when i pull this lever down we are now no longer connected it's it's airplane mode for the entire building south park did this eight or nine years ago where the internet went down and all that had to happen was they they needed to turn the power off then on (laughs) again on the internet and that was essentially this writerly solution. Unplug it, then plug it back in. Though, to be fair, there, it's a bit more detailed than this. Fitz needs to move chips around, and uh, that's the uh, computer chips, not the potato-y ones. Um, and uh, he's got to flick switches up and down while he uses props that used to be the electronics room from the bus and now instead are at Shield HQ. I never forget a prop. Um, he needs a little bit of help from Mac. Uh, and they're starting to wonder, maybe Lincoln is headed to the Quinjet. Fun fact, Lincoln is headed to the Quinjet. All looks clear until Mac body slams him. There's a nice confrontation there where we're saying, no, not Mac, not Mac. Mac reminds him that Daisy is trying to get him there for all the wrong reasons. And Link shocks him. Poor Mac, poor, poor Mac. Sent to the ground again, bruised and hurt. Lincoln is leaving. Yeah, the, or is the story point that he'd need to learn to fly to be able to leave, but that Daisy could pilot it on the Quindeck as he advances here. There was a device on the floor that was kind of a diversion. Uh, Mac can't let Sparks, as he refers to him here. Now, now we've got Tremors and Sparks as nicknames. Who names these people, by the way, Matt? Um, and the only reason that, uh, 
they think Hive would uh, would help Lincoln is he obviously wants to make him once one of theirs, uh, but you know, using his powers to get away from Mac as he does, um, we suddenly find ourselves checking out that cargo container again. Yeah, it's the deformed pups. It's revealed that they are loyal to Hive. They are abominations, and they're a poor reflection of Radcliffe's abilities as a scientist. Um, he thought he was about to be killed off. I was worried that we were going to be to be uh, given the awful fate of less John Hanna in the show. Hive, however, is happy for them to join the party. He wants more just like it, even though Pete, with the, with the cruelest cut of all, James says these uh, these abominations are ugly muffins. Very ugly muffins here. Primitives uh, are used as well here that, that they need a, a beta test, but it's Hive that tells them they will do just fine. They're part of him and the inhuman race. He wants to make more. But wait, wait, just one more test. Wait, uh, no, okay. H- how many more? Oh, John Hanna, you're amazing. Back we go to Lincoln taking off. Uh, It's just going to be him and Daisy, right? Yes, love forever. Uh, We then cut to Coulson and Talbot and Elena finding Mac. Things are clearly, apparently, falling all apart. He's not the inhuman Um, whisperer he thought he was. Great line. Back to Hive we go. He confirms that it's all part of a plan, uh, the plan, rather, Lincoln coming there. Uh, he shows Daisy the abominations. They're Hive and Daisy's children, and Hive needs more blood. How much of it, Pete? All of it. All of it. Uh, meanwhile, back at Shield HQ, Talbot wants the plane shot out of the sky. Wait a minute, except Lincoln wasn't on it. Great reveal. Who was on it? Back at Hive HQ, the door opens. It's Lash, which is to end the act. Yes. Act five and blah. Time to push Hive off of one level onto another one as Lincoln explains what's going on. Indeed, it was always a ruse. Sorry, it was just a May Link joint, everybody. You know, we didn't get to tell you all. Sorry about the zap, Mac. Minkin. You know, have Minkin. Ooh, Minkin. There you go. <laughs> um, and Lash on the plane. That was all part of the plan, too. After all, boom. Colson runs a tight ship. Take that, Talbot. Lincoln says that every inhuman has a purpose. Lash's purpose is it to kill Hive? No, it's... Back we go to Lash and Hive blasting each other. Great little moment there of, I will shoot my particles at you. Nope, I will burn them off with my Lash power. And then Lash comes out on top. But I think the, that action specifically being there to foreshadow what will happen with Daisy, which at first it's not quite clear because when Lash is over her in the next sequence and uh, it's happening, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? Ah, she's, he's taken the, the parasites out there. Um, but having exchanged the, the the beams there, the projectiles, the the children are let go out of the cargo container. Uh, the uh, Doctor Radcliffe comes to Daisy and explains that they're under attack by some sort of monster. Daisy is weak. Where is James? She's not sure. We're we're establishing that for a little bit. Uh, Daisy tries to stop Lash with her ability. She just doesn't have it, Matt. Um, and then Lash absorbs that parasite free now. And ironically, Pete, now that she is free, he is freed of this mortal coil by uh, a hot metal coil going through his his heart and his, maybe not his intestines, but his internal organs, courtesy of the aforementioned James, who actually was not on a beer run, but instead is waiting for a dramatic moment to kill somebody, which he does. Hashtag oh, man. James James. James Jane. It's uh, it certainly is sad. Um, Pete, he's he's run through in the heart because he's all heart. Daisy blasts away James and takes off. And then Pete, 
Wait, Pete, what's that? Do you hear that? Daisy Johnson. This is Agent Daisy Johnson, Matt. I'm coming home. Repeat. I'm coming home. Jamie Payton, that one's for you. Indeed, Pete. And with Daisy back, she's uh, brought into HQ, albeit under guard. Uh, It's confirmed that Lash is definitely dead. Daisy's taken for a med check. Full scan plus transfusion. And they have the briefest moment of May mourning the body of uh, the late Andrew. Yeah, it's also established here. Lincoln explains that Lash wasn't to kill Hive. He was there to save Daisy. Um, Mac talks about having faith here. Simmons also establishes that Daisy is completely sway free. The the effects, uh, you know, have, have lessened. She's still suffering, but she's she's without the sway, which is apparently now the thing we're going to refer to this as. Yeah, kind of out of the blue. It 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 definitely caught on at the end of this episode. Um, Coulson. Uh, Knows this look from Simmons, though, when she smiled, which was a a nice piece of dialogue that it means there's some bad news, too. And Fitz explains he thinks they know what uh, Hive is going to do here. They're going to create a shockwave and turn humans into inhumans. Is that possible? Well, at high enough an altitude. And Talbot here talks about this fully operational warhead that they just happened to have stolen who's keeping this at the indiana atcu that was ransacked by those watchdogs yeah but now it's in play matt and it's with that that we uh, we get the act break and we come back to mac journaling maybe he's drawing i don't know i kind of like to think that he's kind of journaling dear diary Today, an electric man knocked me down. I keep getting hurt in this job. <laughs> um, Elena comes in. He's also sketching bikes, so maybe that's what he's doing. Although, uh, neither is the more manly choice. It's whatever your heart desires. Elena asks if he still thinks that they can't win. He knows that he's ready to stand and fight. She then, Pete, has him hold out her his hands. She gives him a present. And what's in his hands, Pete? It's that cross necklace which we've seen a bunch of times now somebody's gonna die matt is it too simple to propose that it is him we'll have to talk about it in our level seven segment the dossier a detailed look at our bad guys first up matt hive Hive continuing to be the master manipulator. Pete, we have one evening of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. left to answer the the oft-discussed question, what are they going to do with Brett Dalton next season? It's all come down to this. I'm at the edge of my seat. I I don't know, Pete. We have to have have resolution here with Hive, but I I don't know. What are they going to do with Brett Dalton next season? I guess, uh, well, we'll know in, in, in a week's time. Pete, next up on the list, Daisy, finally in this episode, working her way. You know, by the episode's end, she's not in the dossier, but for much of it, she is, courtesy of those uh, parasitic uh, infectoid things. The use of the hacking abilities and the way that it's turned around on her in this episode, along with the lash rescue, they, they wrote her very well as the traitor um, and, and through a device where it's believable that she's the traitor. And I, I'm so glad this wasn't, Oh, I was faking under the, the sway the whole time. Uh, so kudos on that. Next up on the list, James, who has just been, you know, Axel Whitehead's contribution uh, is not large, but it is it is felt across the episode. His sense of humor, his sense of snark, his his bad boy sensibilities. You, you read my mind with the um, amount that he's used. Little tastes in this episode, but still effective. And you know, he kills Lash with the James Jane. 
<laughs> last on the list, Pete, the the abominable children of uh, of Hazy, the the former watchdogs, now the loyal pups. Matt, I think I speak for all of our listeners when I say that we all knew the end of season three would feature the former Sky and the former Grant Ward making babies. And lo, it hath come to pass. Albeit neither character exists in a previous incarnation and these children are uh, hellspawn deformed (laughs) miscreants. But don't say that we didn't imagine it and that I didn't predict it and, and it it has happened. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, first up, Lash is dead, but is Blair Underwood cashing a check in next week's two-episode, two-hour finale? I certainly hope so. There have been times where S.H.I.E.L.D. has killed uh, killed people off rather unceremoniously. Um I'm thinking Edward James almost uh, being the best example where, and he's just dead. Um, I, I I love that flashback. One more, you know, one more whatever as maybe as May heads to the beach alone, something yeah. like that. Uh, I certainly hope we've, so. We've done it before and that's why we have to bring it out there into the realm of possibility to, to give her that closure and I think it dovetails into our next topic here. Mac has been given the chain with the crucifix on it by Elena, two people that we have speculated could be in the Quinjet, could be our fallen agent, Matt, in addition to the fallen agent who had fallen, who we've now picked up and gotten back in Daisy Johnson. May could certainly be somebody who finds herself in that Quinjet. Gee, she is a pilot. She owns that uniform with the patch on it that we've seen. Who else might be our fallen agent? I'll tell you who it isn't. It's not Mac, and I'll tell you why. You're not going to tease death in the future. This was at the start of this half of episodes, right? When we this first block, saw yes, beginning block. with so two- episode 11. So you're not going to, you're not going to, you know portend someone will die because we the audience get a vision of the future and then have daisy have visions of the future uh and then put the crucifix in mac's hand only to kill mac off the next week i I completely reject that i call it 100 red herring and i'll be i'll i'll be gravely dissatisfied if mac is the one one to die if i had to bet who it is i would say elena um but i guess as with all things time will tell Well, you know better than to ask me if i know who it is so i'm not going to tell you that i will tell you matt definitively who it ain't who who ain't it pete colson fitzsimmons uh well at least we have that open the mailbag matt let's check the wire Got a couple of tweets here, Pete. First, uh, from Lisa2, that's L-E-I-S-A, number two on Twitter. She notes, Pete, that Talbot is much funnier underground, and that tickled my funny bone. Talbot is obviously Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. version of uh, Secretary of State Ross now, Um, I, I think with a better mustache, and we get more of him, so yeah, keep keep them around man as, as long as you got adrian pazdar willing to do this role let's let's keep it going Ooh, kind of mustache wars could be a whole a whole fanfic thing but but they're uh, on the same side well hey still i don't know um lots of lots of uh chatter on twitter concerning uh mac at the end uh, our, our stalwart listener, Mary Kirk, that's Geek Kirk on Twitter, says that if they do kill Mac, it'll be the first Marvel property I rage quit. What? Hopefully it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't come to, come to that. 
Well, um, first off, also, that Mary Kirk would contemplate leaving a Marvel show. I, I know how much she loves this this world. I, I want to say that's rhetoric. I, I hope that's not a real thing. Uh, but, you know, obviously time's going to have to tell with uh, these two remaining episodes in the finale next week. Well, we uh, we hear from Hydra Lives. That's Hydra underscore lives on Twitter. Uh, Chekhov's necklace. Please don't kill Mac. Not another uh, fallen agent. Please no. And then on the, the flip side there, Fan of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Twitter says, I think Mac's the one who's doomed. So, Pete, I know this. We're finding out next week for sure. We are. I think it's entirely too obvious the uh, the misdirection that could occur here with uh, with Mac. But, yeah, that's 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 why we watch him, Matt. Something else obvious, Pete, is our appreciation for our pals who have checked out uh, the Patreon page, patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Big thanks to uh, everybody who has been lending a hand there all season. And uh, and uh, we can't wait to share what our plans are for the summer to, uh, to keep the party going. The great thing about Patreon is that you, yes, you helped to make this possible. So thanks for checking it out. Thanks for those so generous enough to donate. And uh, we continue to try to come up with things that will tantalize you here, offer you a little something back for your generous contribution. Pete, the greatest contribution on all the interwebs is, of course, talking to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-7686 followers can't be wrong and while i am personally on twitter is looking back lost you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways we are fantastic geek that is fantastic with the ph and we're under that name on the dot com the gmail the instagram and the twitter and facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek all one word again with the ph like it now this is going to be a, uh, a a busy week. Uh, we not only have news on Agent Carter coming in the next seven days, we have news on Marvel's Most Wanted coming, and of course, uh, a week from now, the Shield finale. Uh, so, so certainly keep an eye out on social media. But we'll we'll address those on the podcast uh, through various means as well. And um, uh, two weeks from now, we'll do a season three wrap up for Shield. And then, uh, then uh, move to the next phase of things. Secret, secret. But enough talking about the future, Pete. Time to wrap this puppy up. So I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. I run a tight ship. Summer 